0: Hey, everybody. Welcome. Good to see all of you. We are live pretty much everywhere right now. And a little bit of a warning, if I get shut off on a particular, um, let's say a particular venue, we'll we'll still be live everywhere else uh, because we got to deal with some things. So I'm excited. Oh, no, I got my volume on. Hold on a minute. You know what? Sometimes... There, I got to shut myself off. I mean... (laughs) I was listening to me it was kind of annoying okay uh, what are where, where are we going all right we, we're gonna look at a, uh we're gonna be in daniel chapter 2 here in just a minute uh just a heads up for y'all if you are in the seattle area on april 22 just a few weeks away i'm looking forward to being there i'm going to be there with eric barger and uh with billy crone uh, can't wait to see y'all hope you can make it it's at cornerstone you can check it out go to the events page on the app or on the website, hope for our times. The following weekend, I will be in North Carolina, again with Billy Cronin and also with Ken Michael. Um, I'll be speaking Friday night, and I believe both of them will be speaking on Saturday. Uh, so that's gonna be a great time if you can make it to North Carolina. And I think that is all I have to say at this moment, but uh, we're gonna get in some areas that are not gonna make some people happy. So. Uh, let's just get rolling. So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 2 here. Uh, the title of the message is, you've seen it already listed, uh, but there it is for you. What did you expect the last days to look like? Um, and indeed, I'm looking at this and going, what did, you, what, what did we expect the last days to look like? I remember I was with Jan Markell about a year and a half ago. Well, she brought that up just in our conversation that we were having get a conversation with somebody and, and everything, I mean, you look at a year and a half, everything's a lot more of a mess now than it was a year and a half ago. And it just keeps spiraling down. Uh, so we're gonna go there. Hey, uh, tomorrow, so you know, I have Kurt Reed is gonna be live with me. Tuesday, Britt Gillette is going to be live with me. Uh, we have a great week coming up and uh, we had some great programs last week. Um, great programs coming up this week too, so okay. Enough of that, let's go. What did you expect the last days to look like? Okay, let's just dive right in. Let's just start ticking off people right from the beginning and uh, before we start reading from Daniel chapter two. Here's this, check it out, this is out of the Epoch Times. New Jersey mom, uh, Angela Reading, excuse me, didn't expect a single Facebook post would deem her a security threat in the opinion of US military officials. But it did. Apparently, what she did is she promotes marriage between a man and a woman and a military threat. So there it is. You can see, military investigates mother for Facebook, objecting to LGBT banners. Imagine that. Folks, this is the world that we live in. I know some of you are saying, yeah, we get it. We know we are dealing with it. Let me tell you, the heat is being turned up, and you better be paying attention. Remember what Paul wrote. 1 Timothy chapter 4, two of the things that are going to happen in the last days, besides doctrines of demons, right? You guys know that one, in the latter times. So we know just by the events, we're in the latter times. Paul wrote, in the latter times, doctrine of demons. They'll be speaking lies and hypocrisy, even coming from pulpits and pastors and churches. Uh, All definitely from our leaders. They'll be forbidding to marry, thinking of heterosexual marriage between a man and a woman a biological man and a woman we're heading that way rapidly and then you throw in uh commanding that you abstain from meats or literally in the greek foods that god has created to be eaten you look you go why do they keep on killing all taking away all the farms telling us we're gonna eat bugs and everything listen these things are demonic according to what the bible teaches so when you say they're demonic know that uh God has already told us that, So, but you look at this and go, so now you are a terrorist threat? If you stand up for marriage between a man and a woman, is that what's going on? Okay, check out this post. This really sums up, and this is gonna lead me to go somewhere else in just a second. Uh, Men's restroom, men, for he or him in the world we live in. Look at women, women's restroom, and everyone else. Whatever you decide to call yourself, you get to go into the women's restroom. (laughs) This is bad. Okay, check this out. I'll show you a few more things. Okay, look at this. This Okay, so we had the the six people that were killed at the Christian school in Nashville, and the shooter was also killed. Everybody knows the shooter was transgender. Um, And so look at this. Today, the White House said their hearts are with the trans community because they are under attack right now. They didn't say this about the Christian community despite a trans killer murdering six Christians this week and threats called into other schools. That's a post by Robbie Starbuck. Okay, I'm gonna show you a quick video. This is her, Jean-Pierre or whatever her name is. This is her, watch this video, it's a quick video. Okay, let's roll this video. This week, a psychotic transgender person shot up a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. Six people died, three of them were children. This is what the White House press secretary had to say. People don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the the trans community as they are under attack right now. But this is a president who has said many times before he has their backs, he will continue to have their backs, uh, and he will continue to fight for them. So there you go. Uh, who's under attack? So if I remember correctly, the last four mass shootings were transgender person here in America uh, that committed them, and they're saying the transgender community is under attack. You know what I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Our hearts go out to them, not about the families uh, or anything else. So the whole per, the the whole narrative. Do you see where it's going? On uh, it was. On the day of the shooting, I told one of my friends, I said, you watch this, this whole narrative is gonna shift from, oh, this is really sad that happened to these kids and at the school and to these three adults, it's gonna shift. It's gonna be the Christian's fault that this shooting happened. That is exactly what we are hearing. We pointed out here several weeks ago at John Prescott on and Dan from Australia, by the way, John will be back with us soon. And we are planning an event in Australia, we'll keep you posted on that. But with that, the shooting that took place back in December in Queensland um, it was spun uh, into the way of the, the people that were killed uh, were some really bad people. This is what the police said. They're really bad people. Uh, they believe that Jesus is coming again. They teach Bible prophecy. There's going to be a seven-year tribulation. There's going to be a rapture of the church. Jesus is going to come back. These are the problem people. Folks, I warned you back then, and I'm warning you again, it is all turning. The devil is behind these things. It's turning against you if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be prepared. If we are not raptured soon, um, you can expect the persecution to increase substantially uh, in the Western world. Let's think of the Western world, listen, United States, pretty much uh, all of the West, that would include Canada, uh, Mexico, uh, South America, even, even if you don't consider South America part of the Western world, but nevertheless, I look at it and realize, yeah, you got some communist countries down there. Um, but you look at that, Australia, New Zealand, you start going the, the, over in Europe, but it is, and it's turning radically here in the United States of America, and uh, it, it's wild. Look at this one. This is proof, right, this next one. I showed this this morning. If you can watch my Palm Sunday message I did this morning, I think you would be encouraged by it, but also well informed um, just remembering that today we remember the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people cried out, Hosanna, save us, Lord. And it was the religious leaders who told Jesus, hey, tell your people to shut their mouths. Don't say Hosanna, don't say save us now, Lord. Jesus said, if I tell them to, to shut their mouths, the rocks will cry out. Listen, don't stop praising the Lord. Okay. Check this out, because this shows these words show the depth of the problem that we have in this world and in America. Bind the strong man, the rest of the world is going. Check this out. Here's Biden. What's he say? Transgender Americans shape our nation's soul. Do not forget that. Let that statement sink in. Transgender making, uh, Americans shape our nation's soul. And then just the video I just showed you, Now, this proudly serving in the military, uh, curing deadly diseases, holding elected office, running thriving businesses, fighting for justice, uh, raising families, and much more. Transgender shaped the Americans, shaped the soul of America. Friends, I believe he's right. I believe it's happened. I believe it's happening. Romans chapter 1. God says, after he says, hey, they worship the creation rather than the creator. In other words, um, mother nature. Think of the climate laws that are coming. Then he says, men line with men and women line with women. He says, this is their passion. This is their lust. This is what they wanna do. They refuse to look at me. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn them over to those things. They wanna perform these things. I'm gonna turn them over to these things. In other words, it's gonna be all out going that way. Three different times in Romans chapter one, God says, I will turn them over. Then the third time he says, I will give them over to a reprobate mind. Turn them over to reprobate mind. What is that? To commit all of these things that they want to do, uh, but also carries the ideas, how Lindsay pointed out many years ago, that reprobate also carries the idea of when the people make a decision, the leaders, the people in charge or whoever it is, that have been turned over to a reprobate mind to commit the sins they wanna do, calling men, women, and women, men. Listen, God said, I've created the male and female, and he said it was good. The enemy will take anything that God has done and make it bad. Okay, with that, a reprobate mind also implies that when a person makes a decision, once they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, the decisions that they make will even harm themselves but they don't care. They can't make a decision in their best interest. We see that happening. But he says here, uh, transgender Americans shaped our nation's soul. That's the president of the United States of America. Uh, brothers and sisters, you need to realize what is really going on, and everything has been stepped up. And uh, it does show the soul of America, uh, how far we've fallen from 1776. And we're gonna get to Daniel in just a second, but I wanna mention one more thing. Uh, this Thursday, April 6th, if you live in San Jacinto area of Southern California, that's uh, the area where I am, there's going to be a district office meeting, and again, this is for you, especially if you got kids out here, um, at the district office on April 6th at 5.30. It's regarding the transgender issue that is coming to the school, friends, I'm telling you, we need to deal with this on the local level, because obviously we can see it's going on the national level. But the office, the meeting is gonna be, the district office is address 2045 South San Jacinto. And that is in San Jacinto, California, 2045 South San Jacinto. Look, we need to stand up for righteousness. This isn't about politics. This is about righteousness. This is about being biblical and right. And people say, oh, you're too politically motivated. No, I'm biblically motivated. They made it about politics. This is about righteousness. Brothers and sisters, we need to move forward. Okay, let's get moved forward with this time in Daniel. Daniel chapter two, do you expect uh, the last days to look like? Well, they're looking a lot like that, aren't they? All right, so let's pick up where we were last time. We were in Daniel chapter uh, two, and Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and in the dream, our, our, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar had the dream, and he said, hey, I'm going to kill everybody who, um, all my wise men, my astrologers, my magicians, I'm going to kill everybody if they can't do two things. Tell me what I dreamed and give me the interpretation of the dream. Uh, That's impossible, they all said. Who can tell you the dream? You tell us the dream, we'll give you the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm not stupid. I can tell you the dream. You can tell me anything you want me to believe. And so Daniel Uh, falls into that category, and he says, hey, this is what I say, give me an opportunity to pray with my three friends. We will pray, and God will give us the dream and the interpretation of the dream. That's exactly what happened. So Daniel got a meeting with King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and in that is where we pick up. He meets with them, he says, hey, God is the one who's gonna reveal this. I'm not a great person, but the God who created all things. In fact, Daniel answered Nebuchadnezzar and said, Blessed be the name of of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and he raises up kings. He puts the Bidens in power. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He puts the Macrones in power. Uh, Well, what's the guy's name from Canada? We have a lot of viewers from Canada. I'm trying to think of what his name is. can't even remember his name right now. Probably good I don't. He puts them in power. You start thinking, what? Listen, I believe we have gotten so far away from anything that's right. God's given us over to our reprobate minds. And it seems to be a global thing. Man. So, this is what Daniel says. He says to King Nebuchadnezzar, his scoop, there is a God in, in heaven who will reveal the dream to you. Um, in verse 28, we're going to pick up there. He's going to re- He reveals the dream to me, and he's going to reveal the interpretation. So let's read a little bit of this. Verse 28, Daniel chapter 2. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. So again, where are we launched to? In the latter days. Nebuchadnezzar is about ready to realize what's going on in his own day, some 2,580 years ago. Um, all the way up into the last days, into the tribulation with the 10 kings and Antichrist. So there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to the king uh, what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he reveals secrets and has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, uh, but for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king, talking about him and his, his three friends, and uh, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. Nebuchadnezzar, you're asking, we're gonna tell. It's gonna be for our sakes because our lives are gonna We're going to live because we're telling you this. And also, King Nebuchadnezzar, you need to know. And Daniel's interpretation helps us to understand where we are, why we see all these things going on. He continues and says, you, O king, were watching and behold, a great image, the image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you and its form was awesome. So he sees this, this statue, its form is awesome. This image's head uh, was of gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs were of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly clay. That's the last day's empire where we are about this close to experiencing. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer, threshing floors. And the wind carried uh, them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation of it before the king. So he's with his three friends and this is what you dreamed, and are you ready for this, O Nebuchadnezzar? Here's what it all meant. So the first thing we see is Daniel tells the king what he dreamed. Notice again, he tells him, hey, this is about the latter days. So Daniel starts in the beginning with this head of gold, Uh, and and it goes right on through the different metals all the way up to the last days to the feet that are partly iron and partly clay. And he says in verse 31, the form was awesome. This thing that you saw, it was awesome. Verses 32 and 33 says, got a head of gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, feet were a mixture of iron and clay again. That is the last day's empire that is coming. Uh, So note these two things. We have the decrease in the value of the metals, and we also have the increase in the strength of the metals. So as you see the decrease in the value, what? It starts with gold, and then it goes to silver, and then the um, uh, belly and thighs of bronze, and then the legs of iron, and then at the end, iron mixed with clay. So the decrease in the value of the metals but we also have the increase in the strength of the metals. Gold is soft, and each of the metals, although they decrease in value, they increase in their hardness, the last of which is the legs of iron. Until you get to the last day's empire, the empire that's only gonna last seven years, it's gonna be partly iron and partly clay. And Daniel, in fact, it even says here in verse 35, that uh, while you were, or verses 34, 35, and 36, while you were watching, the stone was pulverized. Excuse me, the image was pulverized by this stone, and it was blown away like chaff. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're gonna see a little bit of that today. We'll see more of it in in coming weeks too. But it's blown away like chaff, the entire last days empire. So listen, before we move on, understand this. As you see things developing, you think, man this looks bad what do we have we have um, uh, this banking crisis economic catastrophe Uh, Trump was arrested Um, you start going through all the we have wars and rumors of wars like we've never had before the rumors of wars off the charts Uh, it appears to me that things are happening right now uh, over in the world that the Biden administration is wanting to use a war to deflect our attention, to distract us from the problems at home. And then we have this this transgender stuff that normal people are gonna say, man, there's something seriously wrong with this, but now you're being shouted down if you are to say anything is wrong with this. Uh, Listen, this isn't about loving people or not loving people. This is about saying what is right and what is wrong. and so much more, but you just go on down the list. Then you look at Israel, you look at Iran, you look at the threats against the nation of Israel, you look at attempt at peace plans over the nation of Israel, and you start to realize everything is going this way. So again, understand the last day's empire, as frightening as things may look, if you don't know the Bible, it's gonna be a very short-lived empire, and we're gonna be raptured too. But the empire is going to be crushed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't be too worried uh, about any of this. But verse 36, Daniel says, now I'm going to tell you the interpretation. So number one, Daniel tells the king uh, what he dreamed. Number two, Daniel informs the king how it's all going to end. Can you pull that slide up there so everybody can get a screenshot of it? So now he's going to, uh, Daniel informs the king how it's all going to end. Verse uh, 37, you, O king, are a king of kings. Notice he doesn't say in verse 37, you, O king, are the king of kings. That title is to Jesus Christ. But you are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Who gave him the power, strength, and glory? God has done it. We already saw God raises up kings and puts down kings. He does both. And God and Daniel's saying, listen, God's the one that put you in power, Nebuchadnezzar. You are a king of kings. So you look at all the world powers, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you are it. Verse 38, and wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the heavens, he has given them into your hand, Nebuchadnezzar, and has made you ruler over them all, you are this head of gold. Wow. So I would imagine right now, uh, maybe Nebuchadnezzar's a little bit puffed up, thinking, man, I am this head of gold, and things are pretty awesome. Um, I'm pretty spectacular. Uh, Definitely, we're going to see later on, not tonight, we're going to see later on, uh, Nebuchadnezzar gets all puffed up. But God's going to humble him. Listen, again, we have a reminder of the days that we live in. Daniel is projecting to Nebuchadnezzar all through it. Okay, you're now, and then this kingdom is next. We're going to look at a second, and then next one, next one, and then what is coming at the end. Just a real quick reminder of what is coming. You don't have to worry about it, all right? Be, Be informed and be prepared. You don't have to worry about it because jesus rules and he is going to crush this last day's empire right now all kinds of wickedness we have this i showed you this it was a week or so ago a san diego pastor says drag is holy i watched the video he really did say it it wasn't a babylon B thing Um, but you look at this just from this week already talked a little bit about this but i want you to think of this president biden commemorates transgender day of visibility Made in the image of God and deserving dignity. Did you guys catch that one? Biden says you're made in the image of God. (laughs) One of our viewers from Canada sent me this. Uh, They had commented, Donna is her name, she had commented. She said, oh my, Uh, made in the image of God, then why are they changing their image? They want us to accept them the way they are, but they couldn't accept themselves for who they were. Most of them don't believe in God, and Biden sure has his nerve speaking about God when he signed into law that newborn babies can be killed and that children can be gender mutilated. Again, exactly, I mean, I look at this. Go back to this one. Biden says, made in the image of God, and then they're remaking everything. Maybe that's the problem. Because deep down inside, we're made in the image of God, and God is proving a fact. It will be a bad judgment day for him. Horrible things. But you look at these things. You just keep on looking at the news. And then you see this, JP Morgan to test using face or palm recognition for payments. Folks, it's coming, palm recognition. You think of uh, Revelation chapter 13, you're on your uh, forehead or on your hand, uh, the identification of the mark of the beast. Well, guess what? With the face scan, that'd be right here, right? Or on your hand. Uh, is what the Bible tells us. So you start looking at this. You go, we are moving rapidly towards this. It's not just J.P. Morgan. was it? I think B of A's already started something before uh, Chase. So you start looking at this, and you're going, well, Amazon's already had this out for a while, right? So we see it. These things are coming. Don't be alarmed is what I'm saying. Don't be alarmed. What did you expect the last days to look like? Then there's this one. Check it out. I showed you this a few weeks back, Netanyahu to the UN, construction of third temple will not be an obstacle to peace with the Palestinians. Again, I pointed this out a couple of weeks back, but I look at this and think, to the UN he said that? Construction of the third temple won't be a problem. The fact that this is a thought in the prime minister's mind, folks, we live in remarkable days. So again, understand what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar. The dream that you had, it concerns the latter days. But let me set you up with the direction it's going. You are the head of gold. So first off, the first kingdom is Babylon. It is the kingdom, uh, uh, the the head of gold. Um, And then after Babylon, we have the second kingdom. It is the kingdom of Persia. It is silver. After you, verse 39. So again, notice how... The metals, are, they decrease in value through the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw, but they increase in their strength. All right, the second kingdom is Persia, um, also known as the Medo-Persian Empire. Uh, but verse 39 says, after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. Remember, gold, and then silver, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. We're going to get to that in a second. Let me keep reading. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. That's uh, We're going to get to that. That's talking about the the uh, Roman Empire of past. By the way, a lot more on this when you get over to chapter 7, but we are not going to be there uh Today, whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron. This is talking about the last day's empire. So again, keep in mind, you see all these things going on and you might think, well, persecution is going to increase or whatever. We don't know when the rapture is going to take place. Pastor Tom, you never say the rapture is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Why don't you ever set any dates? We need a little bit of hope. Listen, our hope is in Jesus Christ. We don't know when the rapture is going to take place. Plenty of people want to set dates. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. But I do know that you and I need to be prepared. We need to be big boys and girls. We need to be men and women of God and say, hey, man, let me be strong in the Lord. Because this stuff is happening now. And if the rapture doesn't take place soon, it's only going to increase. But again, it's short-lived. You don't have to worry about it. Jesus is coming, and that that final empire is so short-lived that Jesus is going to crush it. So be strong in the Lord. Okay, let's move on. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom, this is the last day's kingdom, shall be divided. Yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. The strength of the iron is going to be in it. So as you look at the Roman Empire, it was crushing, it was devastating. This last day's empire is gonna be devastating. We know from Revelation chapter six, the rider on the white horse goes about conquering and to conquer. We also know from Daniel chapter seven and Daniel chapter eight, it's gonna be strong, it's gonna be deceiving. And we can see now, we can see the power that the globalists hold and what they are doing. um, But ultimately, listen, they're they're attempting to form their empire. How all this shakes out, we're gonna see. Ultimately, there's going to be this ten kingdom empire. Ultimately, the Antichrist is going to rule out of it. And ultimately, Jesus is coming back and going to crush him. So it's awesome, okay? It's going to be partly strong and partly weak. Remember that. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. Okay, so the toes, we're assuming this is a statue with ten toes, five on each Put. That's what the assumption is Bible does to say that, but that matches with the 10 horns of Revelation, uh, Daniel chapter seven, the 10 horns of uh, Rev, uh book of Revelation also and the 10 Kings. So it all fits. It's partly strong and partly fragile. It's got some weaknesses. Look now, uh, people are fed up, right? With a lot of stuff going on. Verse 43, as you saw iron mixed with clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. This is interesting. So uh, coming up, I have Bill Salis in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the right leg and the left leg of the Roman Empire of past. The two, it is the Antichrist. Does he come out of the Western Roman Empire, revived Roman Empire, or out of the Eastern side, the Islamic side, as many are saying? And then with the seed uh, of men, uh, not being able to mingle with the seed of men, they will not adhere to one another, just iron doesn't mix with clay. What does that mean? So I'm going to have Scott Townsend on coming up on a Sunday night too. We're going to be talking about that because I wanted to get more details. I want to pick their brains. What do you guys see in this passage, all right? So we're going to get those details in the next two Sunday nights we have coming. In the days of these kings, just a couple more verses, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. That is the Lord. Inasmuch as you saw the stone uh, that was cut out of the image without hands and that it broke in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the The clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known, the great God of heaven has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is true. Listen, take it to the bank. God says right here, Daniel chapter 2, verse 45, I'm going to underline it in my own Bible. It is certain and its interpretation is true. I have so many people say, why do you pay attention to that Bible prophecy stuff? It's not really gonna happen like that. It is going to happen exactly as God says it is going to happen. Okay, so we look at this. What do we have? The gold, the head of gold, that's Nebuchadnezzar. Then you have the silver. Let me go into a few more details. Then I'll get to your questions, right? You have the second kingdom that is silver. You have a chest and arms, right, of, um, of silver. Uh, verse 32 said, its chest and arms are silver. That's the second part of the statue. Interesting. So you have the Persian Empire, but really, as I already mentioned, it is the Medo-Persian Empire. Now, this is interesting. A couple of different things. The silver is obviously inferior to the gold. Nebuchadnezzar had like this complete rule, but silver, inferior metal, inferior to gold. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, when he was in power, he had absolute sovereignty over all of his kingdom, including his nobles, and he threatened, as we saw, to kill the nobles, right? The wise men, the astrologers, and so forth. But when Darius the Mede of the Medo-Persian Empire was in power, again, you have the arms of silver, right? Uh, Darius the Mede was in power. Remember when he signed the decree that no one was able to um, worship God. We're going to see that. Uh, They can't worship their God. They've got to worship only Darius. And he signed the decree. He gets talked into it. For 30 days, uh, you can't worship. And... um, Daniel said, Forget that. He goes and he opens up his windows and he prays to the Lord of heaven. Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. Remember what Darius the Mede said. We're going we'll to see it in the coming weeks. He wasn't able to change what he had signed. Only the God of heaven could protect Daniel from the lions in the lion's den, and, and God did. But he couldn't change what he signed. So Nebuchadnezzar, when he gave the law, it was the law, and he could change it however he wanted. He was sovereign. Darius the Mede, he he didn't have the sovereignty. Once he signed it, he couldn't change it. Uh, Also interesting, Darius the Mede, think of this, he required conquered nations to pay tribute in silver. So you have Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold, you have the Medo-Persian empire, silver, and Darius the Mede required nations to pay tribute in silver, interesting, isn't that? Then you have the third kingdom, which is Greece, and it's represented by the bronze or brass of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had seen. Now, think of this. Bronze is less valuable than gold or silver, but it's a stronger metal than both silver or gold. So again, decrease in values, gold, silver, now bronze, but increasing in strength now what's interesting this is speaking of greece it becomes a lot more evident speaking of alexander the great and the whole bit but commentators have said well daniel couldn't be a prophecy because he's too accurate when it comes to the people of greece the nation of greece and alexander the uh, the great and the greek empire and how it was broken up after alexander died but he did he wrote it before he he was writing bible prophecy god tells us the end from the beginning Again, note how everything is going to unfold. It is certain, Daniel says, it is true. Verse 45, Daniel chapter 2, certain is true. Now, interesting with Alexander the Great, at the age of 33, while sitting on the banks of the Euphrates River, Alexander the Great wept because he had no more worlds to conquer. Wow, by the age of 33. Okay. Okay. Then, um, in this, we also have note that with the bronze, so you have two thighs there, right? You had the belly that was bronze, representing Alexander the Great, and then it has two thighs that are bronze in the, in the image that Nebuchadnezzar sees. And this is, one of the, again, one of the problems that commentators have because Daniel is so accurate in his prophecies. But that's the way God is. Right? So you have the two thorns that are bronze, the empire of Syria run by the Seleucid dynasty. Interesting, isn't it? And the empire of Egypt run by the Ptolemies. Now, what's interesting, after Alexander the Great died, the empire split up into four, uh, to four different generals. However, those were the only two that were strong. So in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, what's he see? He sees those two empires. The the Alexander the Great, the belly of bronze, and then the two thighs of bronze representing the Seleucid dynasty and the Ptolemies. All right, let's go to the next kingdom, the fourth kingdom, and it is the Roman Empire. It's represented by uh, the um, legs that are of iron. Remember, there are two legs, and as I uh, uh, mentioned, we am going to get in more detail with Bill Salis when we get there. But two legs are indicative of Rome as the iron pictures the crushing and shattering that Rome brought to every nation that it conquered. Uh, also, it's worth noting, when we get to chapter 7, you have this Roman Empire with its huge iron teeth that is just absolutely devouring. And then it morphs into the kingdom of the last days uh, with the 10 horns and then giving rise to the 11th horn, which is Antichrist. There was no empire in history that crushed all of its uh, enemies, all of its, excuse me, there's no empire in history that crushed all of its enemies though as Rome had done it. When Augustus established the empire in 30 BC, he called it the Pax Romana or the Roman peace since all known enemies of Rome had been crushed by their power. Uh, can you put this up on the screen so people can get a screenshot of it too, thank you. Uh, the two legs represent, according to world history, the east and the west divisions of Rome. Okay, now for now, we get into the two legs more later on. Does Antichrist come out of the western uh, Roman Empire Lake or the Eastern Roman Empire Lake. I believe the Western, but we'll get into that later on, not, not right now. Uh, for now, in 330 AD, the Roman Emperor Constantine dedicated the Eastern capital, Constantinople, uh, for the purposes of appeasing the Eastern section of the Roman Empire. So he dedicated Constantinople, that's the capital, now known as uh, Istanbul. But in 395 AD, between the east and west, things had grown worse for the Roman Empire. And recognizing Theodosius, recognizing the obvious that the east and west of the Roman Empire clearly developed into two different empires. He divided the Roman Empire between his two sons. Interesting. Divided it between his two sons. You got the right leg. You got the left leg. Uh, now. So you have the, the Western is governed in Rome, the Eastern was governed in Constantinople, as I mentioned, uh, now known as Istanbul. And just for you history, you people wanna know history a little bit better, You history buffs already know this, but the Eastern Roman Empire is known as the Byzantine period. By the way, uh, when we go to Israel, when y'all go to Israel and you see, you'll see a lot of different archeology span finds and so forth and you'll hear, well, this is from the Byzantine period. Now you know what it's speaking of. The Byzantine period was the Eastern Roman Empire timeframe, and that puts it into that uh, perspective. Okay, as you look at that, that's the history there. We're not gonna get into Romans chapter, or Daniel chapter seven right now, but I'm just gonna read just a short portion of it. Because so much of Daniel just flows like this. A lot of it is Alexander the Great, and then the generals after Alexander the Great, but also the Roman Empire and even the Medo-Persian Empire. But think of this regarding these kingdoms. Verse 7 of chapter 7 of the book of Daniel. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth, It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. We see it morphing as you you watch it. It's this huge beast, this huge beast, this huge iron teeth, crushing and devouring. And then ten horns. So we see the fourth beast, Roman Empire, morph into... The final kingdom, Daniel chapter 2 says, that final kingdom is the feet of clay with the toes, clay and iron mixed together, partly strong and partly weak, having some of that power of the Roman Empire, it's on its feet, so it's stomping, it's crushing. Here we see this Roman Empire devouring, but then it has these 10 horns. Continues, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them. This 11th horn, That's one known as Antichrist, uh, from before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of men and the mouth speaking pompous words. Then Daniel continues from there in chapter 7. So we know that there's going to be a ten kingdom empire, uh, three of the kings, the leaders, are going to be appointed. These aren't going to be voted by you and me. Uh, We can see the shaping of it right now. Um, all coming together. then the 11th horn is gonna come up. I've said this many times before and people say that's not true. I've said, listen, antichrist isn't gonna come to power until there's 10 kings first. And I've said it for various reasons, but one of them here is Daniel chapter seven, verse 23 says this, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it into pieces. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings, also Revelation chapter 17, who shall arise from this kingdom. So there it is, out of the Roman Empire. So we know we have a revived Roman Empire. What does Daniel chapter nine teach? Daniel chapter nine teaches that this last days leader who confirms the covenant for the seven year tribulation period, the final week, the final seven years, he will come from the people who destroyed the city. The city was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. He's going to come out of that. That's what he's saying here in Daniel chapter 7 too. The 10 horns are 10 kings who shall arise from that kingdom. They're going to rise out of this revived Roman Empire. And another shall arise after them. So right there, verse 24, Daniel is letting us know that the other, the 11th horn, arises after the 10. After you've already got the 10 in place, you have this revived Roman Empire. After that, the 11th horn comes up. Revelation chapter 17, they give their power and authority to the beast. So listen, we don't have an antichrist yet. He may be alive and well on the planet. That I do not know. Personally, I believe he probably is because it looks like we are so, so, so close as we look at all of the pieces that the Bible tells us of the last days falling into place. But there's going to be 10 kings first. There's going to be a false prophet. Antichrist will not be on the scene in his place of prominence and be recognized for who he is until the 10 kings are in place. Doesn't mean you know, people are going to guess who Antichrist is all the time. I have everybody on their and their mom sending me Tim Cohen's videos and I think he had a book out several years ago I read. It was called, like, Something in a Cup of Tea. I think it was Antichrist in a Cup of Tea or something like that. The videos, I get the videos. I must get five, five videos, the same video, five times a week. So listen, I don't care who the Antichrist is. I do care who Jesus Christ is. But Daniel lets us know that there is an Antichrist, and he's this man. So be careful and understand antichrist is a judgment of himself so we can warn people hey this is how it's all going to unfold and we have the Bible to tell us exactly as Daniel says in Daniel chapter 2 what was it verse 45 it is certain and the interpretation is true everything is going to unfold exactly as the Bible says it is going to unfold okay this is what I want to do now I want to get over to your questions, so if you guys could send me your questions, I'm gonna log on here to the different places I gotta log on. But if you could put your word, uh, take the word question in all caps so I can see, that would be exceptionally helpful. It's gonna be much easier for me to uh, be able to read your questions if you put your word question in all caps. Please send them to me. And I've got both, uh, let me open up, make sure I'm open on both YouTube and uh, I'm gonna turn off all of my volume. Uh, both YouTube and uh, on the apps, so I got them both going right now. So send your questions. That would be wonderful. I see Lisa Diaz telling people on everything to send your question. Question: This comes from my anchor on YouTube. Could AC be AI? Since Revelation states he was given a mouth to speak blasphemies, um, I don't think Antichrist himself will be AI. However. That being said, there, I want to note a couple of things. We've got a lot of questions coming in. Um, with that being said, there is an image of the beast. Could this be infused with AI? Pfft, I think, as I look at things now, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, but along these lines, I do believe this, absolutely convinced. Antichrist has to appear omnipresent. That means everywhere, like God. Listen, Satan... Isaiah chapter 14 wanted to be God, the serpent, the devil. I will ascend to the most high, right? He wanted to be. Well, AI, artificial intelligence, is going to give Antichrist the ability to appear all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing, knowing everything, right? So absolutely, I believe the technology right now is going to cause people to think this man is God. No, he's just using technology. By the way, it also teaches that between the false prophet and antichrist, they're going to be doing line wonders uh, with Neuralink. Uh, John Holler was commenting on this just the other day. He's commented on it with me before, and I was watching this program the other day too, just talking about with, with Neuralink or one of the programs. It might have been an, another AI program. The lame will walk, the, the deaf will hear, the blind will see. Um, you, you look at that and you go, this is the type of, Thing, Antichrist and false prophet will be able to do with technology. Line wonders is what the Bible calls them. Not real. When Jesus did them, they were real. The Bible calls these things are coming line wonders. Okay, question from Van uh, Reichendurfer. I hope I said your name right. Do you think Hosea chapter 5, verse 15 through chapter 6, 12 speaks specifically of a 2,000 year time period from Jesus' ascension until he comes to set up the kingdom? If not, what does it mean? I think, I, I think this is where I would say you've got to be careful. I have a lot of friends that have taken that passage from Hosea. In fact, they had the same question last week. Um, they've taken that passage from Hosea and said, see, that that means that they've gone back and said, okay, Jesus died here, therefore, this has to happen on such a date. Uh, 2000, uh, uh, two days, right? Two thousand years. Peter uh, writes, uh, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day, and people have taken it and done mathematical equations. I do think that you could do and take it in general and go, okay, I get it, um, and and I don't, uh, but so with that, I would say a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, two days, and then uh, redemption is going to come. But I, I would be careful. This is where I warn is careful the date set. Careful to count the days. And I have people do it all the time. People have counted the days since Israel was a nation, counted the years. People have count, I mean, I have so many different predictions that have come. I should have saved them all. I could spend hours just reading them all to you guys, but you gotta be really careful on the date setting. Um, and we, we tend to, or some people tend to just, that's what they do. Just get into the math and say, this has to happen on such and such a date. And then when it doesn't happen, I just say, well, yeah, but, well, oh, I just did a recalculation, means something else. So be careful on that, but I do believe that the time is near. And when you look at Hosea, um, there may be something there, but I certainly wouldn't do the date setting and be too wrapped up in 2030 or 2033 or something like that. I would caution against it. Puki says, I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and the four beasts, And in the midst of the elder stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. When will the seven spirits hit the earth? Um, I look at that and the the number seven is completeness. I taught a message on what does that actually mean in the Bible where that uh, verse is coming from when I was in the book of Revelation trying to put things together, tying it into, I think it's, I can't remember if it's Zechariah or if it is Isaiah, um, but it was tie, it ties in with one of those passages. As far as hitting the earth, I don't see it um, in the same way as that hitting the earth. I do look at the other judgments in the book of Revelation where they're very specific. Maybe they're tied in together for something hitting the earth. Um, that. I've never really thought about it that way before, Pookie, to be honest with you. Um, but hey, maybe you're right. Maybe you'll give me something else to think about this week if I already don't have enough to think about. But thank you, Pookie. Paula says, Paula Ann, um, could BRICS be the formation of the 10? Turkey and Egypt want to join now. Pastor Jack said, tomorrow the US dollar will probably crash because it will not be the petrodollar anymore. Um, c- could the BRICS be the 10? Ten- I don't think the BRICS are gonna be the 10 nations. Will the dollar crash tomorrow? Uh, it might. Uh, people told me a week ago it's gonna crash, you better get your money out of the bank then. And they had some reasons for it. And people are saying, hey, it's gonna, oh, there's, by the way, there's a lot going on in May between digital currency, the World Health Organization, which I've talked about like a million times here before, what's coming up in May and us surrendering our sovereignty over to the World Health Organization, and with Biden the way he is, I wouldn't be surprised at any of it. Listen, the, the US uh, economy is in deep trouble. I don't think it's gonna crash tomorrow, but we're, go- we're going like this, you know, we're, we're going, I mean, listen, also think through this. This stuff is purposeful that's happening. These guys that are in charge, not Biden, Biden's just a puppet, right? The guys that are in charge, that are behind the scenes that you and I don't know, They know exactly what they're doing. They're saying print two trillion dollars. They're saying do this. They know what that's gonna do. These are stupid. These guys are brilliant. They know exactly what they're doing. They're gonna crash everything intentionally so they can bring about digital currency. I don't think it's gonna crash tomorrow. The petrodollar is in big trouble. You have Saudi Arabia now saying they wanna be a part of it. Uh, Iran is even saying they wanna be part of the BRICS nation. Interesting. So, um, uh, but again, I don't think it's going to crash tomorrow, but um, it is worth thinking that, according to the book of Revelation, the way I read Revelation chapter six and the writer on the black horse, it is a planned economic catastrophe that affects the planet. I believe out of the economic catastrophe, the four horsemen of the apocalypse is going to come out the antichrist with the answers, to fix the world. That's how I interpret the first four seals. Um, Antichrist is gonna come. Go, hey, I've got all the answer. It's like, what do you do? This is, this is Satan. He starts the fire, and then he comes along and sells you the fire extinguisher. Satan wants the glory. Everything that's happening right now, he has to set up his man, Antichrist, to be received by both the right and the left. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 24, if possible, even the elect would be deceived. Right, If possible, Um, he's he's about deception. He wants to deceive people on both sides of the political aisle, the left and the right. And he's going to set up his man to look brilliant, look like he has all of the answers. I believe that is what is coming. Uh, Let's see. Okay, already answered that question. Get to this one. Could Antichrist, I already answered that one too. Okay, let me go back over here. Uh, Let's see. Another question. Do you see the Damascus prophecy? This is from Sandy Daggett. Uh, before or after the rapture? I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't know. Um, there are last days prophecies. Ezekiel chapter 38, a last days prophecy. Um, in the latter days, we know it. There are certain uh, elements in Ezekiel chapter 38 that lead me to believe it's not going to happen yet. I believe it's after the rapture, Ezekiel 38. Damascus chapter 17, uh, a couple of my friends, Andy Woods and Don Stewart, they don't think it's a prophecy to be fulfilled. They think Damascus has already been destroyed um, for various reasons they cite. I believe it's still a prophecy coming in the future. Damascus will be destroyed, Isaiah chapter 17. I believe Bill Salas is probably also right about Jeremiah chapter 49. But, so I believe the prophecy of Damascus being destroyed in Isaiah chapter 17 is something that could take place before the rapture. It could. I'm not saying it will, but it could. But I'm going to throw, a, a, I, I can throw a few more things in there that will really get some of you guys mad at me. Um, and you'll say, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, there's lots of things could happen before the rapture and still have a pre-tribulation rapture. I will give you a case in point, and I know this is going to get some of my friends really upset with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. of so my colleagues, is it possible that the building of the temple in Jerusalem could happen before the rapture? Here's why I ask. Is because we know it's going to be built by the middle of the tribulation period. We know uh, that, there's gonna be, that there's gonna be worshiping antichrist that takes place in the middle of the tribulation period. All we know is that there's gonna be a temple from a lot of different passages. Daniel chapter nine, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, the abomination of desolation, second Thessalonians two, Revelation chapter 11, for, just for example, those four. So we know there's gonna be a temple built. We know it's gonna exist at the middle of the tribulation. It might not be built until after the rapture. Um, uh, It could be part of the covenant that is confirmed by Antichrist where he says, okay, you guys can build your temple now in Jerusalem. It could be part of that covenant, but we don't know for sure. All I know for sure is it will be built by the middle of the tribulation period. And certainly, if the rapture were to take place tomorrow, And Antichrist came along a month later and confirmed the covenant and building the temple as part of the confirmation of the covenant. Well, within three and a half years, it'd be pretty easy to get the deal done, right? To get the place built. I mean, the Jews are gonna be building that 24-7. They aren't gonna have the red tape of places like California have uh, to build anything, right? So they won't have that, (laughs) excuse me. But could the temple be built before the rapture? This is what I would say to people who say to me, no, it can't be. Well, why not? Unless it is Antichrist who confirms the confirming, uh, that's part of the confirmation of the covenant, but we don't know. So I would ask some of my friends out there, my colleagues, to show me the proof that the temple uh, won't be built until after the rapture. It might not be. It could be part of the confirmation. But I mean, there's just certain things like that, that we know they are last day's events, but we don't know exactly how they're gonna fold out on the timing of the rapture. We just, perfect example, First Timothy chapter four, right? In the latter days, what happens? Um, doctrine of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, forbidding to marry, commanding that you don't eat these foods that God said that God has created to be received with thanksgiving. Well, we're starting to see that unfold right now, aren't we? Uh, second timothy chapter three in the last days perilous times will come and then all these different characteristics are listed there by the apostle paul that described today and then what do we have we have uh, uh, uh was it verse four i think it is second timothy chapter three uh, where the people have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof they're gonna say i'm a be- I- I believe in god i'm going to heaven listen joe biden is saying he believes in god and and Uh, The transgender movement is all part of the image of God. You know, that's what he's saying. So a form of godliness, but denying the power, the truth of God's word thereof. So we can say we are already witnessing these things unfolding. They're going to have their fulfillment during the tribulation period, but we're already watching that. The Jews gather back into the land of Israel. We're watching certain events take place, ultimately fulfilled later on but we're already watching it. So could certain other things take place before the rapture and still believe in a pre-tribulation rapture? Um, I certainly think so. Okay, question. This comes from Senorita T Bear. What do you think happens when we are raptured? Do we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb or do we just hang out and chill with Jesus and the other saints? That's a great question. I need Don Perkins for that one. I've, I've dealt with that one before. There, there's, there's a couple of challenges there with the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a lot of teachings that have been brought up based on some uh, parables that I think can get us a little bit off base with uh, certain things with the marriage supper of the Lamb, so I'm not going to get into that. But in Revelation chapter 19, this is really interesting, that we are, if you're a believer now, we are there. I believe we're raptured, raptured. Um, And then we're going to be there. It says uh, we're going to be dressed in our wedding garments is what it teaches. And the garments that we are wearing, get this, to the marriage supper of the Lamb, are the righteous acts of the saints. So the good things that you did in the name of the Lord, that's how you're going to be dressed. I'm excited about that. I hope I have some nice clothes. If I don't, if it looks like I got my clothes from, you know, I don't know, they're all shredded and everything for the marriage supper of the Lamb, You know, I didn't do too many righteous things in the Lord. But you know what I mean? So Revelation chapter 19, the wedding garments we wear are the righteous acts of the saints. Okay, so it says we're invited to the marriage supper. We have on our wedding garments. Now get this. So the assumption is made right there that the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place in heaven. Some people say it's there for seven years. I don't know. I want you to think through this because right after that, you know what happens? We are getting on our horses. Jesus is leading us at the end of the tribulation period. He's on his white horse. We are dressed in our wedding clothes on our white horses coming back to earth. So wait a minute. Do, is, there, is there a marriage supper of the Lamb that's taken place for seven years and we're at the end of it and we are still got our wedding clothes on and we get on our horses? Or the way Revelation 19 reads, I don't know we're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, we put on our wedding garments, and next thing you know, we're a horse is coming back to earth, and Jesus begins the millennial kingdom. So because of that, there's some that say, no, we're wedding or wearing our wedding garments as we're making our approach to earth, getting ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb to take place on earth at the beginning of the millennial kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. So great topics thank you guys for joining me i know i went a few minutes over i appreciate your prayers for my back too it's still kind of tweaked i have not sat down since yesterday because i accept the drive because it really hurts when i do that so i get to stand up god bless you guys a thank you i look forward to talking to you soon uh, tomorrow kurt reed is live with me next day brit gillette is live with me And again, I'll be up in Seattle coming up and also in North Carolina coming up, both within the next few weeks. Check out the events page. I hope to see you guys there. If you're in either of those areas, I'm excited. God bless you. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer.